Hello and welcome. You've tuned into Active Listening with T4 Tactics. I'm Marco Galbraith, your host, and our podcast is all about personal success and networking. We'll discuss small business tips, health and wellness issues, personal safety tips, financial gain, and a variety of other topics from professionals in the field. And once in a while, we'll throw in our area of expertise, firearm safety and active shooter response for businesses, churches, and schools. So sit back, relax, listen, and learn. Active listening with T4 Tactics. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Active Listening with T4 Tactics. I'm your host, Marco Galbraith. If you're listening to me now, you understand the world is full of dangers. It's full of peril. It's full of risk. And not all risk is physical. Much of it is financial, especially if you're a strong believer in the Second Amendment. If you carry, if you teach, if you're a dealer or own a range, or if you own firearms, you need to protect your life and livelihood. That's why you need an insurance agent who understands your needs. Thomas Caldwell. I know him. He's a good friend. I've worked with him. He's got my insurance needs taken care of. He grew up in the insurance business and is a well-known member of Virginia's Second Amendment community. He's an independent agent who can help you protect your business, your home, your life, and your family's future from much of the risk and uncertainty in these most uncertain times. So if you live or work in Virginia, Maryland, District of Columbia, in the area, give Thomas a call today, 703-888-888. 2865 or visit him on his website at caldwellinsurancepro.com so it's c-a-l-d-w-e-l-l insurancepro.com thomas is in your corner he will take care of you so once again 703-888-2865 all right, so we're talking with Jennifer Brown today, and uh, Jennifer, welcome. Thank you. I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell everything about you. Okay, my name is Jennifer Brown. I am a resident of Rockingham County. Mm-hmm. I am an attorney, and I am also the chairman of the 6th Congressional District Republican Committee. Excellent. So where is this? Because we've got people listening from, from all over, even outside of Virginia. Where mm-hmm. is the 6th? The 6th District encompasses the county counties between Warren County to the north to Roanoke County in the south. Okay. And so we have several units, 17 units in between Harrisonburg, Stanton, Lexington, so on and so forth. Okay. What's your role? You're the chairperson. Correct. What's your role? What do you like? What do you do? What's your role as a chairperson? Well, that's a very good question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Probably <laughs> everything. Pretty much everything. Sometimes nothing. Um, right. So my role as chairman is to oversee all of the Republican committees mm-hmm. that are within the sixth district. Okay. So there are local units that help out with the local elections and also help out our state and national candidates in their particular areas. So what I do is I oversee all of those different units in order to be able to assist them in their efforts to make sure that all of our Republican candidates are successful. That's a lot. It is. That's a lot. And and so November election coming up, Mm -hmm. when do we start? When do you start getting really crazy? Probably already started. Well, we need to be getting started as of the last election. Right, yeah, yeah. Just due to the fact that we constantly need to be reaching out to volunteers. We need to be reaching out to voters. We need to let people know that, yes, there is an election coming. And in Virginia, we obviously have elections every single year. Mm -hmm. So what's funny to me is people tend to say, well, I didn't know there was an election. We have one every single year. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we never really truly get a break. Sometimes we try to get that breather during the holidays. 
holidays, but we need to constantly be making those contacts because as we can see this last November, we did not have a huge turnout for our Republicans to come out and vote, and we lost the majority in the House. So we need to be constantly making those contacts, reminding people that they do need to get out there. Every vote is important. Every election is important. And so it really does ramp up usually in the fall. That's when we have a lot more volunteers willing to knock doors, make phone calls, but we need to be doing it every single day. we got to get people out to vote. You would, I, when I'm teaching these gun classes, I hear people complaining about Governor Northam and mm -hmm. his attack on the Second Amendment. Yes. And then the next phrase out of their mouth is, I'm going to vote next time. Wait a minute. You didn't vote this last time. You have you can't complain if you didn't vote. And that's exactly my argument. Wow. We have so many keyboard commandos that yeah. you see them on yes. Facebook, social media. They're always going against every Democrat saying that they're horrible, their yeah, yeah. policies are horrible, and how dare they vote this way, and Northam is an idiot, all right. of these things. But that doesn't do us any good if you didn't actually show up to the you polls. Can't, you can't complain. You've got to vote every single election because if we only have, I think, it was 40 percent mm -hmm. of republicans that came out in november we can't continuously end up arguing over no. what's going wrong if we're not getting above the 50 percent we need to start getting every single person out there and i know a lot of the times voters just get complacent mm -hmm. they think that we have the majority it's never going to change and they say oh well they're going to win anyway well, there have been races that have been won or lost by one vote. Oh, wow. And I've seen that yeah. firsthand. Yeah. And we cannot have that. Just look at that one delegate that it was basically pulling a name out of a bowl. Yeah. We cannot get that close anymore. Every single person needs to get out there. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm in some organizations that were strong for domestic terrorism mm -hmm. and international terrorism. Mm -hmm. And they were really strong. These groups and organizations were strong under the Obama administration. But now that Trump is in office, they're not so strong because we feel protected. Right. But this is the time where we have to stay. We have to stay strong all the time. Correct. We cannot allow them to boil the frog. And that is an analogy I always use. Yeah. Because what happens is that they keep pushing the envelope. They keep turning up that water. We think that everything is going to be fine and dandy, that we're protected. And then all of a sudden, when they flip the script, we raise our hands up and say, wait a minute, what happened? Which, yeah, which is what's happening in Virginia right now. Exactly. We're, we're like, what's going on? So what made you decide to run or get into politics? You were an attorney first. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then you decided, let me get into this. So I've always been interested in politics. Yeah. I've always been a Republican ever since I can remember. My mom is a Republican. My father was a Democrat. But really? With, yes, but with Trump, he switched. So oh, good, yeah, good. we finally was were able to convince him. As to are many Democrats. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so he and my stepmother decided that they were on the wrong path for the longest time and mm -hmm. switched over. But um, I just decided that I needed to stop being just the typical voter, mm -hmm. that I don't really get involved, that I just go vote and that's it. I wanted to see what the real underbelly was to get involved even more so to yeah. see how we could potentially change the narrative across the nation because I was seeing exactly what was going on with Obama. Yeah. So um, once I actually graduated from law school in 2014 and moved over to Rockingham County, I started getting involved slowly. And then I decided, okay, enough is enough. It was 2016, Trump came up. I was a huge Trump supporter from the beginning. And I just wanted to do everything I could in order to be able to see that he was successful. It was also a time where it was starting to be a phase out of a lot of our other Republicans. And I wanted to see that they were being replaced mm -hmm. by good, steady Republicans. Yeah. Because we cannot continuously lose ground. Right. So what happened is that I, people had to talk me into 
into becoming the chairman, and I was a little nervous. But the it's a one, big step. it's a huge step. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot, of, a lot of responsibility. Yeah. But also at the same time, um, the one factor that made me get to the yes was my predecessor sat me down one day at lunch, and he told me that his drain the swamp initiative was local because he had lost his race for Senate because he felt that the Republicans had stabbed him in the back. Mm. So he wanted to get rid of Congressman Goodlatte all the way down to Congressman Klein. Wow. And he didn't care who he took out in the process. And I thought, that doesn't really sit well with me. We're supposed to be all working in the same direction, fighting for the same purpose. We have to. We have to. Because they do. The Democrats do. They They have the worst candidates possible, but they still get behind that. They do. They do. And, you know, I know that we don't all agree on an individual per se, but at the end of the day, once we get to that nominee, we have to get behind them. Yeah. Because if we have all of this division and we're trying to do all of these, retribution tours right that's going to weaken us yeah and we have such a strong republican yep. stronghold in the sixth district yeah um, besides the ninth and the fifth ish um you know we have a really deep ruby red yeah but that could all change because we're seeing right now all the division that's happening in a lot of the other districts aka the fifth district yeah and we're going to potentially lose that and all of it is a domino effect what district is Sodom and Gomorrah? I'm sorry, Richmond. <laughs> that, that was just a slip. I didn't mean to say that. What what district is? Uh, Richmond is in the fourth district. Fourth district. Okay, got it. Um, so I don't get that mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yes. Wow. Oh. Stay away from the fourth. Exactly. Um, how has your experience been through all this? Is it what you thought it was going to be, or is it? Oh my goodness. Well, so, okay, in order to be able to get into that, I'd have to explain the makeup of a committee. Yeah. So each congressional district committee in the Republican Party has all of their unit chairs. Mm -hmm. And then they also have what is called their state central committee members. Mm -hmm. And so that will make up what the actual congressional district committee looks like. So what usually will take place is that all of the figureheads will meet once every four months, every three months, whatever that is. And they will decide what will take place within the district to help further the Republican Party and our candidates. Okay. Um, When I first started, I knew that there was going to be some turmoil just due to the fact that the majority on my committee was not supportive of me. They supported my predecessor. And so I knew going in that I was going to be facing not so friendly fire. Yeah. Um, Even though I thought we would be able to move forward from the convention where I was elected, that we would be able to walk lockstep in order to be able to reach common goals. That didn't quite happen. Mm -hmm. So the past two years of my chairmanship have been very interesting there's been up and downs ups and downs there's been um turmoil just due to the fact that unfortunately that those are in the majority i have found that they are not doing what's in the best interest of our committee Mm -hmm. our voters our candidates our party what happens is that they end up passing useless motions that do yeah. nothing yeah. for anybody except for themselves. Right. And so uh, I wanted to go in and just be able to figure out ways that we can grow our party. Mm-hmm. 
reach voters that have been just disenfranchised or even those who haven't been actively engaged, get them re-engaged. And then also with the whole walk away movement, Lexit, all of those different movements, bringing them into the fold. Right. And so my goals for these past two years have been to grow our party have a larger tent so that we can actually be a force to be reckoned with when it comes to these elections against the Democrats. Absolutely. So would that be also your goals for the next two years? It's always going to be my goal um, just to grow our party. Mm -hmm. That's been the goal for everybody within the Republican Party that I have brushed up against and throughout the Commonwealth. We all want to see our party be successful because, unfortunately, the Democrats are always calling us the party of the old white man. Mm -hmm. And we are not that party. We do have, obviously, women. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We have minorities. We have millennials. And the unfortunate reality is, is that... That there are still many in our party who feel that women should not be in leadership positions mm. and those are the individuals that i keep battling yeah they want to actually make our party smaller and reduce our size and there is an initiative to move that we reduce the voting members on state central from our young republicans our college republicans and our women and that's not how we grow a party. No. That's not how we fight that narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if we're going to be the party of the male, pale, and stale, yeah. then, you know, we are going to continuously lose. Yeah. So we need to be focusing on the bigger picture, and the bigger picture is not fighting each other. Right. Absolutely. There's strength in numbers, and, and yeah, we can't appear to be weak. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and we are appearing weak right, right I know, now. I mean, I know. And just take a look at what's going on over in the fifth district. Yeah. And, you know, uh, they're having the articles out there. The Democrats are frothing at the mouth because yeah. they see that there's a potential for a flip in that seat. Yeah. And so, uh, how is that going to affect the sixth district? Because we're right next door. Right. Or any other district. I mean, we have four Republican congressmen right now. We can't afford to lose anymore. No, we can't. We can't. And we were talking earlier. You said there's eleven. How I many d- d- districts? I think you said eleven, and there's only there's only four Republican. Correct. We got to flip that. We have got to get out and flip that. We absolutely need to. And I know that I had heard a lot of individuals right after the November election completely lose their minds that we had thirty plus seats that went uncontested. Uh, yeah, yeah. And here is the uh, truth, the harsh reality of that statement is that. The Republican Party of Virginia is not responsible for going out and recruiting individuals. Mm -hmm, That is up to the people who are boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. So what happens is that we have the congressional districts. They are chunked into their legislative districts. Those are the individuals who choose the method of nomination for those particular House and Senate districts. Right. So they also are responsible for finding candidates. And who is better to find a candidate that's going to best represent the people in that locality than those who live in that locality? Yeah. 
And so the strong people, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yes, we can have somebody who lives in Richmond go yeah. and hand pick, but is that going to be the best person to represent yeah. you? Yeah. So people need to be more actively involved, and that is one of the things that I kept trying to tell people: is get involved with your local committee, get involved with the local politics, so that you have a voice. And if you know somebody that you can encourage to run for that seat, mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. It starts locally, and it works its way up. Mm-hmm. Just take a look at what's going on here in the 6th District. Yeah, why is there so much so much division within the 6th? Well, I mean, again, that goes back to... Or the committee, I should say. The, no, committee, the 6th, yeah. That goes into not being able to agree on just... Not necessarily the principles, because we all believe in the Republican creed, uh-huh. but we may not necessarily believe in the same candidate for a right. position. Yeah. Um, so there might be, let's say, there were three open seats in the 6th District. There was one um, that currently uh, Wendell Walker mm-hmm. holds, and there were people on the committee that are people in the party themselves that they did not want to support him. Mm-hmm. They supported the other two candidates that were up for nomination. And so when we start getting behind a candidate, we have to realize that, yes, we're going to do the best thing that we can in order to support them, make them successful. But if we don't agree with one another as to who that is or what that looks like, we have to eventually join together and support that nominee. Right. We can't be fighting each other. We cannot... Publicly fighting each other. No, no, no. Exactly. Or even going... We appear weak. Exactly, or even having personal attacks. Mm-hmm. And the unfortunate reality is is that we have a lot of individuals within the party that they haven't quite separated that out yet. And I really feel that they have not been able to learn that maturity. Right. They've not had that political growth right. to be able to separate out the personal from the political. Yeah. And that is one of the main factors, too, if we don't agree on how things are done. And the main reason why we have so much division within my own committee is because, again, the majority does not support me. Um, they do not like the way that I do things. And I'm one of those that I'm going to go out there and I'm going to fight like crazy to make sure that our candidates oh, win. Oh, yeah. I-, I follow you on Facebook and you're a fighter and you're every. Everywhere you're, yes. you're everywhere. That's what we need. We don't need a, uh, a you know a, a candidate or mm-hmm. somebody that's been elected to sit back and just go with the flow. You have to fight because the other party does. Yes, and that is exactly the key right there. Is that you constantly have to make sure that if you're the face of the party, you're the voice of the party. Mm-hmm. That you're actually going to lead the party. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And if you're sitting back and having everybody else do everything for you, then that's not being a leader. Right. And so I will go out there. I've knocked the doors. I've made the phone calls. I've done everything that I possibly could to make it happen. And we were successful this last November. Yeah. I know that my own delegate Tony Wilt was on the. Shopping block. Democrats were frothing at the mouth in order to be able to uh, flip that seat. Yeah. And they were unable to do it because I personally went out and knocked every single door that I possibly could. Yeah. And so that's why it's so important that we get the volunteer base ready. They need to be out there. And I know that a lot of the times people say, well, I don't have the time or I don't feel comfortable in doing this. And I tell them, let's find out where your comfort zone is. Let's find out what your gifts are mm-hmm. and let's use those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because there may be people who are really good at doing graphics. Let's do yeah, it. Absolutely. I'm always needing graphics yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, yes, not everybody is comfortable making phone calls. I absolutely can't stand making phone calls. Yeah. But I know that I have to do it. Yeah. But, you know, you just get those people, you get them where they're comfortable. 
they uh, su- they succeed, they thrive, and then they're having a good experience. Yeah. But a lot of volunteers are not wanting to get involved because there's so much turmoil within the committee. Yeah. And they see that they don't want to get involved with that. They will do what they need to on their own terms, mm-hmm. but they don't want to get involved with the local committees because they feel that it's too dramatic. They feel that there's not enough being done. Um, I know that for a fact that there are several within my committee that are never Trumpers and they won't do anything to support our president. And so they will just roll over every single election. Right. And luckily, we've been able to flip some of the unit chairs, and we now are a force to be reckoned with in several areas. Good, good. Um, Speaking of a force to be reckoned with, I'm just trying to pull something out so I can mention my sponsor. Uh, So force to be reckoned, you got to have insurance. So being an attorney, you know that it's important to have liability insurance. Absolutely. You know, because of lawsuits. And and with everything I do, active shooter training, firearm safety classes, I've got insurance. I'm covered every way. And and, uh, I use Thomas Caldwell Insurance. His website, he sponsored this podcast. His website is caldwellinsurancepro.com. So it's C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L insurancepro.com. You can reach him at 703-888-2865. But if you teach firearm safety classes, if you own firearms, if you have a business, you've got to be covered with insurance. So give Thomas a call. Back and now I'm going to throw it back to you. So you're seeking re-election. Yes. Why are you seeking re-election? <laughs> it sounds like it's a lot of fun. <laughs> what oh you yes, do. it's been such a thrill. A lot of Advil, a lot of blood pressure meds. Yes, yes. <laughs> so the reason why I'm seeking re-election is because I promised on my first campaign that I was going to do everything I can to make sure that President Trump is reelected. Mm-hmm. I want to see Congressman Ben Klein reelected. Mm-hmm. I want to see that we can flip the House back in 2021. We have the passion. We have the people who mm-hmm. are wanting to get more involved. And taking that and moving it forward to the greater good, I can see so much potential and so much success. I've been working with people throughout the Commonwealth wealth in order to be able to help them just get things motivated and running. I mean, the whole 2A movement was such a boon for our party. Yeah. And, you know, it's unfortunate because there were a lot of individuals who said, why is the Republican Party getting involved? Why is the Republican committee getting their themselves involved in mm-hmm. this particular issue? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because as Republicans, we are constitutionalists. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we do believe in our rights and our freedoms. And being an attorney, obviously, right. I am a huge constitutionalist. And I don't want to see anybody's freedoms or rights be impeded upon and so or infringed upon. And so what ends up happening is that because we align ourselves with that common goal, the party saw an opportunity to be able to be the platform and the voice. Right. So we have the, the connect yeah. to the individuals that can make those decisions. We have the direct link to the legislators to be able to help get our message and our voices out there mm-hmm. and be heard. We obviously we were heard in January. Yeah. I mean that oh, yeah. was an absolute beautiful yes. movement. Yes. In and Richmond, the two the two yes. A demonstration, peaceful demonstration. Yes. Yeah. And, that, and that's what what was that right there was the absolute cherry on top of the whole thing it was, was because it was peaceful. It was. But the lead up to all of that mm-hmm. with the governor saying that it was going to be dangerous. Putting and, fencing, yes, extra police, it, helicopters, dogs. Exactly. It was absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that we spoke as one voice mm-hmm. and we did so in such a calm, collected 
sane mm-hmm. voice mm-hmm. that it spoke volumes. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, with everything with the pandemic, everything kind of just went on the back burner, which is yeah. unfortunate. And, of course, we see that the governor has signed all of this legislation into law. Um, but, you know, I tell people not all is lost. Yes, people keep wanting to do the petition to remove the governor. And while I am all for removing the governor, he's going to be replaced in 2021. He cannot seek re-election. Oh, thank goodness. Yes. Thank God that it's in the law that that cannot happen. Um, So we just need to get behind the solid Republican candidate who is running. Yeah. And a lot of people that are listening to my podcast are very Mm pro-2A. They've taken my gun classes, the active shooter classes. So... I probably could have answered my own question to you about, you know, um, why are you seeking re-election? Because we, the first time I met you, we went to a, a dinner, mm-hmm. a Republican dinner, and you and we were sitting next to each other, and we were talking about the Second Amendment. I was right. like, this this girl knows what she's talking about. But so people that are listening, even if you're not involved in politics mm-hmm. and, and all this other stuff, if you enjoy owning your firearm mm-hmm. in the Second Amendment, guys, girls that are listening, you better get behind, you know, you better get behind people like you. Right. And, uh, and people that... that that have the power to make things happen. Well, and I was very active from the very beginning with the whole two-way sanctuary Mm -hmm. movement. Um, Charlie Watts, who is the chairman of the Board of Supervisors over in Campbell County, I reached out to him immediately to get a copy of his resolution that he wrote. And so I started sharing that with a lot of the district, a lot of areas in my district on trying to get those Board of Supervisors and City Council members on board with that. And we were very successful. I went to as many Board of Supervisors and City Council meetings in my district as I could. And, you know, there were some disappointments like Lynchburg. Yeah, yeah. um, Wow. Stanton. How disrespectful was Lynchburg's meeting that night. That was incredibly insane. I did not get home until four o'clock yeah. in the morning yeah, yeah. because I wanted to make sure that I stayed throughout the entire meeting. And it they, was very disappointing they and had very their disrespectful. Minds, yes, very disrespectful mm-hmm. to the people that voted them in office. Correct. And the people that they serve. I think they forget they serve the people. Mm-hmm. And wow, just the things that were said and the the, it, it sounded like the decision was made that we're not yes. even going to listen to you morons. You know, basically yes. is what they put out there. Well, and, you know, they could have saved everybody the time, the headache, the yeah. trouble of yeah. attending if they had it in their minds that they were not going to do right. it anyway. Right. Yes, while I am glad that they did respect the voice of the people uh-huh. to be heard. After a lot of fighting. Yes. Because they tried to get of out course. of it. tried to weasel their way out. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, somebody hit the wrong button. You've been yeah. doing this for how long? Oh, I know. I know. Um, but, you know, Luckily, we have the opportunity to replace those individuals. And so if you live in the Lynchburg area, please check out the uh, um, websites Mm -hmm. of those who are running and make sure that you make the best choice because we need to be making a change in a lot of these areas. Stanton City was worse. They didn't even put it on the agenda to have the discussion. Uh. The lone Republican on that council was actually gaveled down and disrespected by the mayor on more than one occasion. Wow. It was absolutely disgusting. And it's amazing that the governor is is supposedly doing this. I'm holding my hands up in quotation marks, of course, can't see it as a podcast, but he's doing this because of the shooting that occurred in Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. Virginia Beach voted to be a yes. sanctuary city. Yes. Well, I mean, well, wow. And what's really... Which is great. 
I mean, it makes yeah, a huge statement. Yeah. but Not for him. Right, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, the other side of it also is that they keep trying to use Virginia Tech as their other example. Yeah. And while that, yes, is incredibly tragic, and I would never wish that on anyone, it is definitely a learning experience, mm-hmm. and we should be learning from mm-hmm. these experiences on what we should do to make sure it doesn't happen again. There were a lot of pre-attack indicators mm-hmm. with that incident that were that were missed mm-hmm. and, and buried and denied and everything else you could say right and we go back to mental health that's the conversation that's the argument we do need to be looking at that and let's have the conversation about that but I went to the Augusta County Board of Supervisors meeting for the 2A resolution and there was an individual who spoke up and she was a first responder at Virginia Tech Mm -hmm. that day and she is in favor of the resolution because she said she had to go in unarmed she didn't know what she was going yeah. into. She didn't know where the shooter was. How many what attackers? Right. Is there one, two, five? Exactly. Yeah. And she said that had she been armed, she would have felt more comfortable. Mm-hmm. But she had a job to do. Right. And so, Good for yes, her. Kudos for her for going in anyway. Exactly. And doing what she's supposed to do. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I thank all of our first responders because they are under so much pressure on mm-hmm. so many different fronts. Yeah. And so, you know, whatever they can do to be able to make, t- maintain safety yeah. and integrity throughout the entire process, yeah. I, I definitely want to give them kudos. My police career, career wasn't so political. Mm-hmm. I, I retired in, in 2007, and I don't remember politics being so involved in police work. Mm-hmm. But now, even with this coronavirus stuff, the, yes. the, the summons and citations that are they're forcibly being done mm-hmm. because they're gathering. Man, I'm so thankful I wasn't part of that. It's just... That is a mess. My father was the captain of the Miami Police Department. Yeah. And so he is thankful that he is not involved in yes. any of this mess because we're seeing a lot of vitriol when it comes to our law enforcement. And in anything that we do, is everybody going to do the most perfect right thing every single time? Yeah. No, they're going to be mistakes, right. unfortunately. Uh, we learn from them again. Right. And so we do the best that we can under the circumstances, but we are human, we're fallible. Yeah. And unfortunately, with the pressures that are on us on a daily basis with every single circumstance with every single scenario we don't know how we would respond right we don't know what we would do and if we're placing ourselves in that person's shoes our reaction may be different or it may be similar we just don't know right and so i think that we need to definitely take a step back again it goes back to civil discourse we mm-hmm. need to be having those conversations but we cannot be so heated that all we're doing is throwing out this rhetoric right hoping that it'll stick and then having people back down because the whole pc culture yeah yeah Absolutely. You know, I mean, I don't think that we need to be hiding behind a political correctness in order to be able to get the job done. But again, it goes to the boiling of the frog. Mm-hmm. When we have Democrats telling us that, oh, you're not PC, you're not PC, all of a sudden we keep backing off, that we lose ourselves, we don't fight back, right. and then we're stuck in this bubble that right. they've placed us in. Right. Yeah, they, they use a lot of key words that tend to shut us down. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to go there, but we need to fight back. So, um, who's on your ticket? Who's running against you? Okay, so um, I in my ticket, I have um, Dan Colors. He was the Rockingham County Republican Committee Chair. Mm-hmm. Um, he is going to run as the Northern Region Vice Chair because the committees are broken into regions. So there's the Northern Region central region, 
southern region. Yeah. So Dan Collars is running to be my northern region vice chair. He will oversee those units that are in that region and just kind of be the liaison, if mm-hmm. you will. And then uh, uh, Dwight Williams, he's out of Waynesboro. I met him through the two-way resolution um, process. Um, He was in Rockingham, and that's when we met. And so he helped out in Rockingham, and then I went over and helped him in Waynesboro. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he... Definitely is interested in stepping up into leadership. Uh-huh. Um, I see a lot of great leadership skills in what he has done so far. Mm-hmm. He has not had a leadership role within the committee or even right. the Republican Party thus far. But you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And if you have the passion to be able to grow the party and push forward our platform and our initiatives, then, uh, you know, I say, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Give the person the opportunity because there are a lot of people who are in leadership positions mm-hmm. that show no leadership skills. Oh, ab- oh, yeah. And I see one every every <laughs> Monday, Wednesday, Friday at two p.m. I see one. <laughs> absolutely. There is no, you know, and I don't want to. Tra- I, I don't want to trash the guy. Mm-hmm. Bless his heart, but there's not a lot of command presence with him. Right. And command presence, you know, you know, it's when you walk in the room, you got to give that command. There's not the command presence. No, there isn't. I see somebody who is feckless. Uh, I see somebody who is given a script and follows it. Yes. And we don't need that. Uh, We also don't need people who... Especially right now. Oh, absolutely. Under a pandemic, we need somebody who's going to get up there and say, this is what it is. This is leadership. This is what we're going to do. Exactly. And it's just too soft-spoken and there is no... Uh, command authority. No, not at all. And I think that he's trying to use that bedside manner, but we saw that with his whole infanticide debacle. So we don't need that bedside manner from him. But, you know, I see people even within my own party who they don't have the chutzpah. Yeah. in order to do what it takes right. to get things done. You know, it's fine to be able to sit and write a blog or to write Facebook posts mm-hmm. or, you know, do whatever. But if you're not actually going out there and fighting for the candidates, yeah. then you're not really doing much. Yeah. Um, and so I, I want to be able to get those people who are currently on my committee replaced by the people that are on my ticket yeah. because these are the people who are going to get stuff done. So my Southern Region Vice Chair, Tori May, um, she was with the College Republicans over at Liberty University. She's with the Young Republicans. She's currently in Roanoke City. Um, she is definitely a spitfire. She definitely sees there needs to be a change in Roanoke City with their city council. She wants to make changes. We have not had anyone step up to challenge Sam Rizul in years. Really? Why is that? And she's challenging him? She's not challenging okay. him, but she wants to get out there and start finding people okay. who are willing good, to. Good, good. We've got to be making a change, and we can't do anything if we're not getting out Yeah. and reaching out to people. I've, I've been touching base with Tori on uh, on facebook mm-hmm. and uh, and she seems really dialed in she's, she really yeah. is and you know like i said she's a spitfire she is wanting to kick butt take names mm-hmm. and Good. that's what we need we need that well and she's also a young voice yeah, yeah, and yeah. we keep saying well the republican party we need to be reaching out to our women our millennials mm-hmm. our uh, minorities well she's all three right right so yeah. why not allow that voice to actually step up into leadership and mm-hmm. be that voice have that voice be that face because 
because if we're going around saying we need to be reaching out to all these demographics, but the ticket's going to be male, pale, and stale, yeah. we are not truly supportive of that message. Right. We're not really being serious about reaching out to those demographics yeah. because we don't reflect those demographics. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, um, with my vice chairs, they are very sympathetic to the fact that we are constantly losing mm -hmm. and we need to be doing something different and we need to be reaching out to a wider swath right. of individuals and bring them into the fold. Um, as far as my state central committee members, I have Kayleen Siegel, mm -hmm. who is currently on the school board in Harrisonburg City. I also have Jeff Rowe, who has been in law enforcement. He's a veteran. He's oh, a, excellent. Yes, absolutely. And we need to be reaching out to those individuals as well. We yeah. automatically assume that all veterans are Republicans. Yeah, right, right. Or involved. Yeah, But right, they're not. Right, right. I have veterans who are reaching out to me saying, why do we not have anybody who is reflective of our voice on the Republican Party? Yeah. And, of course, the one answer that is always given is, well, it's because we encompass everybody. Mm. But are we really truly reaching out to that demographic? Yeah. So we need to be doing better by our veterans and, again, right. our law enforcement. And so he's the one that has that experience, has that voice. And so he would be able to reach out to that demographic as well. And then Brian Triplett, he's from Lynchburg area, mm -hmm. and he was the chairman of the Lynchburg City Committee. And so he has that experience to be able to really get things done as well. And so we just need to be able to have individuals who are focused, encouraged, and just passionate about making a difference, making a change, and making sure that we start winning again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So how do people, if people want to get behind you, mm -hmm. support you, uh, and like you said, they may be doing, they can be good at, everybody's good at something. Correct. Graphic arts, telephone calls, um, uh, networking, or whatever. How do they get a hold of you? So they can reach me at my email, which is jmbfor, the number 6dc, at gmail.com. Okay. They can also go to my website, which is jmbfor, the number 6dc.com. I am also on Facebook and on Twitter. Yeah. And Excellent. Instagram. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're everywhere. You're everywhere. Yes. So, you know, my big thing is we got to protect the 2A. I know you're yes. strong on 2A. So if anything, people that are listening, you know, you, you got to, we got to get behind Jennifer because it's people like you mm -hmm. are the ones that are going to protect what we use for protection every day. I mean, exactly. it, it's as simple. There's tons of other issues mm -hmm. in politics, but to me, that's one of the important ones, you know? Well, the, I tell people all the time, because people keep saying, well, we're not just a single issue party. No, we're not at right, all. Right. But guess which one is the most important that's that protects right. all the rest of them? Exactly. So if we don't have our Second Amendment, there goes our first, exactly. our fourth, our fifth. Exactly. You know, so we need to make sure that we are constantly vigilant in how we get things things done mm -hmm. and the only way that we're going to be able to get things done is at the ballot box mm -hmm. because oh, yeah, yeah. we can go and rally all we want to yeah. and yes we actually made a huge difference right. as far as our voice is concerned but the democrats did what they wanted to do right that didn't stop them yeah it did back them off a little bit when it came to the assault weapons ban mm -hmm. uh, because it, there was a lot of discussion with that but this is a conversation that's going now up to the national level. Yeah. We see that the House is trying to put some stuff into some bills and trying to get that passed with 5717. 
I believe it is. And so we need to be diligent. We need to be paying attention. We cannot continue to go with our head in the sand thinking that, oh, what can we do? Mm -hmm. They're going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. If we actually had more people come out and vote, we could have made a difference. Oh, and that's that's so obvious with the last, mm -hmm. you know, with, with what's been going on. And, and I always like to say, by not voting, you're voting for the other party. By not getting out and vote, just go out and vote. Right. Absentee ballot or do something, just mm -hmm. get out and vote. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'm not going to put myself at risk because of this pandemic. And I don't believe in mail-in voting because I think it could be rigged. You can do absentee and mm -hmm. that's fine. Mm -hmm. But you can also show up. Right. And they're going to do the social distancing. They're going to make sure that everybody is safe. But do not use this pandemic as an excuse not to show up. Right. Do no. not allow the Democrats right. to take your voice Absolutely. away from you. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm even trying to tell people we've got to be registering. Mm-hmm. That's the same drumbeat for two years. We've got to be registering more voters. We've got to be registering more voters because there are lots of people who move in to the mm -hmm. area that have not registered or even changed their registration. Yeah. And we need to make sure that they are involved as well. Yeah. So real quick, no ID is needed to vote mm -hmm. now. Be mm. So how does that work? Do I go in and just verbally tell them my name and, and, and they verify it? address and then I go vote? Basically, yes. Unbelievable. I know. And they, I, I, we all know why they're doing it. Absolutely. They say that it, it's prejudice or it causes barriers or I'm sorry, it's not that hard to get an ID. So, so I don't exactly. Yeah. I almost said something I shouldn't say, <laughs> but I'm not going to say it. But for an example, okay, so I can go vote without an ID, mm -hmm. but when I go to my county landfill, when I do property clearing, I have to show my ID to get in there and dump whatever I need to dump. Right. It, it, unbelievable. Well, and I, it's very true, the graphics that I see on social media all the time where it has a list of things where you need to show your ID, yeah, yeah. but voting is not one of them. Yeah. The most important the thing most that important. we can ever do in our lives. It's going to affect your life and your kids' lives and, their, and the grandkids' lives. Absolutely. And that's what people need to realize and recognize also is that every single thing that we do in life it's because of how we vote mm -hmm. or don't vote. Mm -hmm. Because every single law that is passed is because there's somebody that's in control. Yeah. And while we have the Republican majority, we can make sure that our rights are not being infringed upon. Yeah. That there are laws that are protecting every single individual, but we still have the freedoms. If we don't go out and vote, we're allowing somebody else to be our voice. Yeah. And we're allowing somebody else to take those freedoms away. Yeah. And so uh, people always, the one thing that I always hear that people always say, and it drives me insane is what does it matter anyway oh i hate to hear that i know well i'm sorry I hillary, hillary Clinton. yeah <laughs> i was just gonna say hillary said that after benghazi what is it what does it matter now anyway yeah exactly wow. what difference does yeah. it make right right and it makes a huge difference yeah. because as we saw this past november and i'm going to keep using that as an excuse mm -hmm. what we saw I know. this january it was a failure it was an absolute failure yeah. and we can see that our voices do matter when we are in tandem. Yeah. In January, if we had that same passion in November, yeah, we would not be having this conversation. Right. Absolutely. Say your. Um, well, I'm going to say the sponsor one more time. Then I'm going to give get you to give your information again. Thomas Caldwell Insurance. All your insurance needs. If you have any question at all. 
uh, on insurance, give them a call, 703-888-2865, callwellinsurancepro.com. Um, he's our sponsor. I want to appreciate it, Thomas. Thomas is a good guy. I've known him for years, and uh, he's got me hooked up. So say your website one more time. J-M-B-F-O-R, the number 6DC.com. Get behind her and support her, um, and uh, you're going to come back. I'm going to have you come back. In Absolutely. a couple of weeks or months or whatever, and keep us updated, keep us on the edge of our seat. Absolutely. Hopefully, it'll all be good news and, and uh, <laughs> we'll be winning. But thanks for listening in to Active Listing. I'm your host, Marco Galbraith, and you guys be safe and take care.